In this episode, we discuss Night and Day, the 2010 Oscar winner for a pun title that doesn't make sense. Welcome to the Flop House. I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Elliot Kalen. And I'm special surprise guest. <laughs> Figure out who I am. Then write in two weeks from now and tell me who you think I am. Yeah. Not, don't write to us. Write to him. <laughs> yes. When you figure out who I am, find me. That would be a great Flophouse contest, but I feel like we have to uh, we have to identify our guests. All uh, right, you're the you boss. Do, you do the honors. Uh, joining us today is uh, my friend and coworker, Mr. Wyatt Sinek. Damn it, you ruined it. <laughs> you ruined everything. Contest over, we, everyone. No, I'm sorry. No. Elliot can't let a contest just go. I know that no, everyone here, they wanted to be involved in the contest. <laughs> they wanted to have fun because that's what podcasts are about. They're about having fun. While you're listening to the podcast, you're out there scavenger hunting, looking for me. <laughs> Here's the thing. Our listeners know that we introduce a lot of contests that are never paid off. Yeah. And winners true. are never chosen. So I wanted to save them the trouble. People actually uh, write in asking when the next vaguely defined contest <laughs> is going to be. And uh, I hate to disappoint them. So I guess this is it. This oh, is yeah. It. This contest had a clear winner. Mm-hmm. If me? You f- n- no. If you figured out who I was, then you got to help me move. <laughs> oh, that was the prize. Yeah, I think but I think for, Elliot, you just uh, committed yourself. To oh, I don't want to do move. that. Oh, yeah. I get all right. The flip side of that, if you assumed I was like, I don't know, that like crusty hobo that hangs out under the train station, then you go and you make a new friend. <laughs> so were you on the flop house? <laughs> well, I stayed in the flop house. Wait, is it one hobo that found another Our hobo? listener who, was, who knew about that guy is also a hobo. You have Two, Whiskey Pete as a listener? <laughs> Two elderly lady hobos together. Now, there's a show. It's the Golden Girls, but they're homeless. <laughs> <laughs> this is a show I think yeah. we can do. Yeah, I like it. Now, listen The Homeless the Girls. Cup girls. <laughs> the The Penny Whistle Girls. Listeners, of course, will be familiar with Wyatt. Uh, prob- from this podcast, probably, from just a few moments yeah. ago. Yep, you just heard his voice. And, yeah. and uh, from uh, Untitled Kanye West HBO Project, <laughs> probably yes. the number one. Yes, someone someone went to IMDb today. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think, the only reason IMDb exists, so people can make that joke. <laughs> um, but no, of course, The Daily Show. Daily Show, the hit film, hit blockbuster film, Medicine for Melancholy. Mm-hmm. And the Untitled Kanye West HBO Project that... Mm-hmm. Keeping fingers crossed. It's been about four or five years now. <laughs> we still haven't heard back. So any day, I HBO mean, will greenlight it, and it will be the thing that follows Game of Thrones. <laughs> Kanye is not one of those guys who just kind of lets a project fall without coming back to it. I wouldn't think so. Especially not if that project is tweeting. He seems yeah. to have taken to that. I'm just saying water. Adam West did not raise a kid who did not follow through <laughs> on true. his promises. It's true. Uh, Adam West and Diane Weist. <laughs> son Kanye. Yeah. Another great show idea. The Wests. Meet the Wests on After the Tin Cup Girls. 
called the Westing game. <laughs> we call it the rich and poor hour. So, uh, this is much more fun than actually talking about the uh, the movie. We I feel like I need to get this on track, but I don't want to. Well, you're the boss. You decide. No, I mean... Uh, All right, new contest. If you call in right now, <laughs> if no. you're the 45th caller, you get to decide what we talk about. That's a good contest if this was airing live or they knew where to call. Hold on. Oh, first, figure out yeah. where to call. First, figure out my number. And then if 44 of you figure it out... Here's a hint. It's got a two in it. <laughs> Don't give it away! That's just to get them started. Oh, you ruin every contest. <laughs> I'm the contest ruiner. Yep. Yeah. That was my uh, Batman villain character. Really? Yeah. He just keeps like... He just ruined contests, which is not technically <laughs> a crime. <laughs> just Bruce Wayne is like a real like contest aficionado. He just like, loves them. He loves contests. <laughs> Well, Batman, it looks like you've won this scratcher. <laughs> but I'm going to scratch everything off. Oh, no. contest ruler. Like Bruce Wayne sitting in the movies and the screen scramble is up and the contest ruler just yells out the answer. <laughs> it's I, Indiana Jones. I didn't even get a chance to read it yet. <laughs> Oops, guess I ruined your contest. Oh, and I'm going to ruin the movie, too. The bureau gets adjusted. <laughs> oh. Spoiler alert! That's my sidekick. Who's just me because I can't afford a real sidekick? You're so lucky that you have your own ward. Man, I wish. I wish I could feed myself. Oh, the movie's been going for ten minutes. So I don't know what's happening because he keeps talking. I told you, the bureau gets adjusted. That's me ruining your day. Yeah, the contest ruiner is branching out and just just, just ruining movies. Oh, only, I hope he doesn't irritating. team up with seven pounds. That'd be new contest. <laughs> Those of you who are artists, why don't you draw us a few panels of Batman versus the contest ruiner? See, now that's a good that's contest. A good contest. Considering unsolicited, we have people sending in pictures of Penny from Inspector Gadget fighting a dinosaur. Yeah. Well, now you got something else to kill kill your day with. As you're listening to this podcast, hating the job you're in, doodling on some graph paper, why don't you doodle something with purpose? I'm and speaking the, specifically about one of you who works with graph paper. <laughs> and the prize is the feeling of accomplishment you get after having drawn the contest ruiner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the movie we watched tonight <laughs> was called Night and Day. Now, you might be thinking... Oh, night and day, N-I-G-H-T-N day. No, wrong. Mm. Spelled like a night, like a medieval night. Like knight and day. Exactly, knight and day. So like M. Knight Shyamalan. <laughs> exactly, but not spelled that way at all. That's how he spells it, because he's a knight. He, then he would be Sir M. Knight Shyamalan. Well, he he doesn't want to be so formal. Oh, okay. That's pretty good then. Yeah. So yeah, this was a film, a blockbuster film. Blockbuster film with James, two James Mangold directed it. James Mangold, man made out of gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to assume <laughs> his name. Batman villain. I have to assume he was just named James Goldman, and he changed his name. But uh, if you say it too fast, it sounds like James Mangold. Yeah, like, like he he's got been mangled. Oh, that poor, <laughs> poor mangled man! You should let him direct the movie. Man, direct the movie that's <laughs> that he wants to. That doesn't really make any sense when you get down to it. Let him direct it. He's been mangled. So to tell the story in a nutshell, uh, Cameron Diaz is. Oh, you get out of that nutshell. Yeah, eh, eh. 
Huh? Wow. It's a classic the, vaudeville the bit. Batman villain, the podcast ruiner. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jay, Cameron Diaz has to get back to Boston for her sister's wedding. But on the plane, she runs – or in the airport, she bumps into Tom Cruise, who of course turns out to be a spy. And mm. through a series of hijinks that involve Tom Cruise killing everyone on a plane and then crashing it, Tom Cruise – Shooting Cameron Diaz's ex-boyfriend in the leg, Tom Cruise getting her into danger and death and trouble, and Tom Cruise wearing a turtleneck sweater at one point. Uh, mock turtleneck. Mock turtleneck. Mock turtleneck with a uh, with a sport coat over it. Yeah, very classy. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, Tom – being a Swiss chalet <laughs> serving uh, some hot chocolate with little mush- marshmallows in that's that is a man in need of a mustache. Yes, he should have had a mustache and marshmallows <laughs> and mushmallows, <laughs> which are like and mushmelons. <laughs> but the uh, so basically, Tom Cruise is a spy. He's been framed by another spy what? to make it look like he is going rogue and stealing a super secret battery invented by mm-hmm. awkward genius Paul Dano. And it's the battery's called the Zephyr. It's called the Zephyr. He's been framed into making it look like he stole the Zephyr and is trying to sell it to a Spanish crime boss who, for some reason, wants this. I guess he's Named a we- Anthony Quintano. Yes. <laughs> I remembered names. <laughs> wow. uh, the, uh, yeah, I just remembered him as Spanish Fisher Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Which is also pretty accurate. He's yeah. an arms dealer, so he wants this battery, I guess, to power the, the nuclear weapon that he will sell to somebody. But it's never really explained why he wants it. Um, so there's a series of hijinks. It's like a romantic comedy with a lot of guns and things. Yeah. And Cameron Diaz, they run around and they get captured and Cameron Diaz gets knocked out like 80 times. Yes. And. Well, not just knocked out, like roofied. Yeah, roofied by Tom Cruise and once Vulcan neck pinched to knock her out. Right. Yeah. He, ne- he never he never punches her and knocks her out. No. no. He like roofies her. No, he is a knockout. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Let me tell you. Takes his shirt off. <laughs> that is a uh, that is a buff older man. <laughs> they, he and Cameron Diaz are both like a little too old to be playing these parts. And they're both in very Ageist. good – Well, no, but they, they're in very good shape. But in, they're in the good shape that like people in their 40s are in where their skin is like a little too tight in an artificially weird way. See, but that's what I liked about it is that – they are the perfect ages to be doing this. Cameron Diaz, you know, struggling as her sister, her younger sister, is getting married yep. and not dealing with it well. So when she's on an empty airplane with Tom Cruise, uh, the first thing she thinks to do is get drunk and make out with him, even though she'd never <laughs> met him before. Never met him before and doesn't seem to think it's weird that... There's no one, almost no one else on the plane. The people who are on the plane are all dead. And you can just walk around during turbulence and no one tells you to stop. Right. Just, early on, it was a great uh, commercial for commercial airline travel because uh, early on in the movie, they go and they get on. Uh, she tries to get on the same flight that Tom Cruise is getting on to go to Boston. She's already checked in. She's past security. Past security. Goes to board the plane. They say, the plane's full. You can't get on this plane. And then, all of a sudden, through some sort of magic, the movie magic, <laughs> she gets on the airplane to find that there were only eight people who were also on this airplane. Um, presumably, all trying to get back to Lost Island. Yeah. 
Well, uh, Shannon from Lost is in the movie as uh, her sister, so I guess that was the, that was the tie-in there. But yeah, she 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 she, she later on after uh, yeah, that was a big selling point for the movie. Yeah, <laughs> it was big... the unofficial Lost crossover <laughs> yep. or Lost over as they called it. <laughs> they had Burger King uh, figurines, figurines, plastic mugs, mm-hmm. the contest, get lost on Lost <laughs> with night and day. <laughs> yeah, I was always wondering, <laughs> it's waiting for the night and day time. Um, so we could go over basically the plot in more detail, but it's basically just Cameron Diaz getting pulled along on a series of adventures, falling for Tom Cruise, mm-hmm. not trusting him and turning him in, then realizing he was the hero after all, having to try to save him, and then they both save each other, and there's a lot of shooting and explosions, and everything works out okay in the end. And yeah. she also meets his parents. She meets his parents who think he died in the Gulf War. Yeah, and of course, apparently, he is now undercover as a spy. His parents think he's dead, but he has arranged to the government that his parents keep winning the lottery and the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes. Yeah, so that they can get money for stuff because they're stupid old people. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's more money than that. Seems like an abuse of power. Can we just (laughs) have arranged some sort of pension system? Nope, lottery. Oh, and Cameron Diaz is a mechanic. Yes, Cameron Diaz is a mechanic who's obsessed with her dad's GTO. And talks about it a lot and finally gets to drive it at the end. And you wonder, why didn't she drive this car before? Since she owns it. Yeah. Are you asking Diana? <laughs> I, anybody. The, the god, the universe. New contest. <laughs> uh, what, like, there's just a lot Wyatt of... is the Batman villain, the contest inventor. <laughs> <laughs> he bedevils Batman by inventing all sorts of contests directly. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, uh, best uh, best bat costume. It's like, well, it's like, I really should I should enter this contest. But I feel like I'd be a shoe in for this one. So it's always a trick. Robin has to be like, no, Batman. It's not. It's not a real contest. It's clearly been specifically designed. Robin, this flyer was photocopied and pasted on a light pole. This is a real contest. <laughs> no, he's just trying to get you to fill out his your address, and so that way he can send you mailers. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to send you circulars. Look, he sells ad space on his circulars. <laughs> You're just falling right into his hands. Yeah. Oh, Batman! This is you're just gonna be the front stoop is just gonna be covered. In I could win a hundred thousand dollars in prizes. No. He's going to get you on that BMG CD thing. <laughs> Robin, all I have to do is subscribe to four magazines, and I'm entered to win a million dollars, and I can cancel the magazines at any time. <laughs> Batman, you're a billionaire. You don't need to – you have nope. no need for Look at million. the prices of these magazines. <laughs> you know what? Six ninety nine. I'm getting you self-magazine, Robin. <laughs> getting you're a little welcome. tubby around the old thighs there. <laughs> My young ward. I know you're always trying to get into Batgirl's head, so a little self-magazine to better understand the ladies. Um, one thing that... Elliot, you've got a burgeoning comics writing career. I think that you could pitch these stories. <laughs> I don't really think I can pitch these stories. The contest ruiner or the contest inventor. Wait until, the, wait until we get the panels in from people. Yeah, yeah, and see who's no. best, yeah. Yeah. There might be real visual Some, si- some sizzle art to show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got to have your sizzle reel ready. Yeah. Um, something that just struck me, early in the movie, uh, Tom Cruise's character, uh, whose name is like Rummy Miller or something like that. <laughs> um, His name is Roy Miller. Rummy Miller. <laughs> 
So Rummy, uh, <laughs> he has this battery, this Zephyr device, and he has to hide it because he knows that the FBI, are they're looking for him at the airport. So he's trying to find something to hide it in. And then he finds a night figurine, which right. he puts it in. Yeah, which and screws somehow, open somehow. Yeah, somehow it's a hollowed out thing. But there's a moment where he looks at it and he's like, ha this is the perfect thing. <laughs> and then later on, you learn that his real last name is Knight. Yeah. And there's something very arrogant, beautifully arrogant, <laughs> about a guy being like, what to hide this in? <laughs> The thing that reminds me most of me. Yeah. <laughs> I would have liked it if his name was Miller and he yeah. found like a tiny a figurine of a guy working a mill. They did not have that in the, <laughs> in the gift shop. Or like a airport. pepper mill or something like that. But there's no one named Day in the movie. Well, I think you missed Susan Day's uh, cameo. <laughs> I must have. Yeah. It's like you're waiting for the character named Day to show up. And I feel like that what would be a great after credit sequence. Yeah. Hey folks, it's me Day. Were you waiting for me? Here I am. Well, goodbye. <laughs> Have a good ride home. Well, there was that one character, Dave. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that really there counts. There was the one character, Deus Sex Machina, at the end of the movie. Huh? Huh? Get out of that nutshell, Elliot. Huh? <laughs> wow. Over two. Over two. Doubling down on it. (laughs) There's also something strange about the movie, and I think this is something I enjoy about the movie. I've decided these guys, they can trash it, but (laughs) I want to work in Hollywood. And I know <laughs> he that knows everyone in Hollywood listens to this podcast, oh, yeah. so I don't want to piss anybody off. Because seriously, if you make a Night and Day 2 or Night and Day in Sunset, <laughs> I would love to be in it. Play in Charles Sunset. <laughs> well, but that's the thing. His name is Knight, and you think, oh, that's awesome. You should you You could do something with that. But instead, that's the name he no longer goes by. Yeah, like the true. movie really should be called like Miller and Hagen. <laughs> um, Attorneys at law. Or just have Miller be his old name and Knight is his current name. I mean, that seems like it's, yeah, like Michael Knight. It's, like if you're going to play, if you're going to have a figurine of a knight and have someone named Knight, just like go with it all out. Well, it's like our movie, Truth and Justin. Yeah, Truth and yeah, starring. <laughs> Just starring Anthony Truth and Justin Justice. That's right. Or featuring. Yeah. And it makes sense because it's got both of their names. It's got Truth. And Justin. And yeah. Justin. For Justin Justice. Yeah. Justin Justice. That is Truth and Advertising. Yeah. Truth and Justin in <laughs> advertising. advertising. All right. I'm trying, to th- like, I'm trying to think of a way to tell the plot of this movie that doesn't get bogged down in details. Because it's just a series of set pieces, basically. Yeah, you don't like, need to. I mean, you know, she... Uh, I feel like la- with the last podcast with Gooby, you guys went all out with the plot. Like, wow. I felt like I had seen the movie Criticism. when it was over. <laughs> but this time, like... You guys should have a podcast where you criticize each other. <laughs> I think that's this podcast. podcast. <laughs> it's basically this podcast. <laughs> what were you thinking last week? <sighs> I heard your podcast, and I didn't care for yeah. it. Callers, if you have anything you want to add... There's no callers. <laughs> Really? If I wasn't on the podcast, I wouldn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> but there's like there's a scene, there's a fight in a in a kitchen on a train. There's a shootout in a boat construction mm-hmm. building in <laughs> Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, it's a Brooklyn. I assume it's supposed to be like the Brooklyn Naval Yards, yeah. but that got turned into a movie studio. I thought, but That's, I don't know. Somewhere 
They're they're down in Dumbo. Afterwards, they <laughs> shop for some art. It was a whole day. Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Yep. Set up a studio space. <laughs> they went and saw they went and saw a screening of Sandman. Sorry, that was something that Elliot and I did not Dumbo once. That's <laughs> a reference to reference. one thing that happened, one, like as if that's always going on in Dumbo, that they're showing the movie our friend Eric was in. Yep. As if the audience is going to be like, oh, right, always watching Sandman in Dumbo. Uh, no, as I said while we're watching the movie, it's, it's the movie is charade with explosions. It's, you know, yeah. there's a woman who... Uh, <laughs> Unlike any other movie. <laughs> there's a woman who... <laughs> Who there's a, this guy says that he's a secret agent and she is not sure whether to trust him and think that he's like a good guy or he might just be a paranoid crazy person who's killing a bunch of people. Yeah, and they are being chased and they have adventures. And I will say about her, she is the maybe the dumbest lead female character I've seen in a movie in a long time. She's eager to believe whatever anyone tells her mm-hmm. a moment ago. She runs right into gun hails of gunfire. Yeah, she does a lot of flailing of the arms. A lot of running around with her arms flailing like olive oil. That's what, <laughs> that's what personally I love about it. <laughs> I love is I love it that they took convention and turned it on its ear and said, you know what? The convention could- of what? The, the competent woman? <laughs> <laughs> the convention of uh, your typical character who's being dragged along in somebody else's adventure uh, that she, rather than be skeptical of it, has a positive attitude. <laughs> Just and goes with it all the time. Is like, sure, yes, you've drugged me like five times. Well, you did say, uh, this is the same movie that while we were watching it, Wyatt, you referred to as a defense of date rape. <laughs> it kind of, the amount of times she gets drugged, it does seem like, because she gets drugged, and then every time she gets drugged, it like goes to white, and then she like wakes up, and she's in a hotel, and then kind of falls asleep again, and then she's in a hammock on the beach. <laughs> and it seems like if anybody were trying to make any sort of ad campaign for the benefits of roofies, it's like if you sold roofies to people like this... This is the way you would do it, This yeah. is Well, this is... Roofies. If, if every time you never you, know where you're going to wake up. Exactly. Yeah. People would probably be less inclined to put napkins or coasters on top of their drinks when they go out to smoke cigarettes. Ah, that impenetrable force field <laughs> <Yeah>. what? <laughs> of a napkin or coaster. Well, it's foolproof. It's foolproof. It's really more of a courtesy. Well, they put they put a little hair on top of the napkin that uh, they put on the thing, so, so they know if it's been tampered. Yeah. No, but what you forget, Wyatt, is at the end of the movie, uh, Cameron Diaz roofies Tom Cruise. And then changes his clothes. So That's right. She if also, a woman does it to a man too, then it's okay. Like it's it's, it's not just that she's roofied, for... but that she's roofied and then wakes up in a bikini. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, yeah. But she had been roofied a few times before. Before that, that too. yeah, it wasn't the first. What's time roofy for the goose is roofy for the gander. Is what this movie is saying. <laughs> I guess what I, what I'm saying is roofy me once, shame on you. <laughs> roofy me twice, shame on me. Roofy me three times, night and day. That's <laughs> yes. Yeah. The old saying. The flop house tonight is brought to you by Jack's Roofies. <laughs> Thinking about Roofie and that special someone that you just met five minutes ago? Go with Jack's Roofies. I'm Jack of Jack's Roofies, and I don't just sell Roofies. I use them, too. Hey, Jack, I bought you... Oh, I'm feeling so sleepy. <laughs> Another successful Roofie from Jack's Roofies. Jack's Roofies. <laughs> doop, boop, 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 boop. Reminds me of the... Uh, <laughs> the show so rarely gets into an improv bit. That's, uh... 
That's what, that's what, what happens when you have a professional pro- comedian. Exactly. Uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. Was I not supposed to bring my keyboard <laughs> <laughs> and my pool floats that we were, my pool noodles that we were going no, to? No, we've got a lot of things we can pretend those pool noodles are. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Let's who's line this thing. <laughs> who's line? There's always like, it's time for wacky props. Who knows what prop we're going to bring out? It's going to be a pool noodle. <laughs> it's always a pool noodle. <laughs> you just stop buying props. <laughs> It's also like, oh, I have no idea what this is. No one's familiar with a pool noodle. <laughs> like, oh, I guess I'm going to float around on this. <laughs> For the people who were watching that in the emergency room of a hospital at 2 in the morning, chances are they probably don't know what a pool noodle is. <laughs> I love this world that's been constructed where that's that's the main... Uh, that's the main, like the Nielsen studies. It's like, oh, people who watch Who's Line are all in a recovery room in a hospital. Yeah, they're all like, oh, I got to get this G.I. Joe figure out of my ear. Why'd my kid do this to me? Oh. And then some kid who's like, you're not my rubber. And then it's like, get this G.I. Joe figure out of my ear. I hate you. I wish my real battle was here. It's elaborate. I don't even, and they just, it just sounds like they don't even notice that whose line is it anyway is on the TV. We hate each other, but wait, we both love this. What is he holding? We both love short form improv games. Hey, isn't that Drew Carey from the Drew Carey show? The Crowd of Cleveland. That voice is really creeping me out. Yeah. It's a little kid who had a smoking problem <laughs> as a fetus and then got one of those voice modulators by about seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. Some voice work. Yeah. Anywho, so night and day. I can I can do my voiceover sizzle reel while we're doing this too, right? Yep. Just a lot of different sizzle reels we put together today. That's why you came here tonight. You actually, you accidentally taped over your voiceover reel. And you're like, oh, it should just be cheaper to do this podcast. <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm Wyatt Snack. Here are my profiles. <laughs> I guess what I'm saying about this movie is it's a pretty kind of boilerplate movie. It's not a terrible movie, but it's not a very good movie. Yeah. It does have a scene where they're chased by CGI bulls through the streets of Spain. Yeah. Jumanji! Like, just like Jumanji. <laughs> and a motorcycle on a bridge. Just sure. like Lethal Weapon 4. And what other scenes are there in it? The ending is basically the same ending as Repo Man. There was the scene where he's on he's on top of the car and they go through the tunnel. and then uh, Oh, and the car flips the over. The car over flips him. over him, kind of like in Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. When the thing exploded over him. And he, does, he does the Mission Impossible 3 run at the end. You mean with like his, the, his arms are real robot stiff? robot arm run. <laughs> What's great is if you if you I, ever find I, yourself, I wish I wish that while he was running through that he was just saying to himself, "I am a running robot. <laughs> I am a running robot." Because he does look like a man, like someone who's never seen a person run before. That's if you ever find yourself in Santa Monica, California, uh, at the right time of day, you can see him running the beach just like that, <laughs> and people leave him alone. He yeah. because they think, "Oh my God, that guy has to go save something." But if you see him, make a wish. Because that wish will come true. <laughs> really? Is that how it works? That's the legend of Santa Monica. <laughs> that's how it goes. <sighs> the legend of Bagger Vance of Santa Monica. That's how I, that's how I won my wife. I saw Tom Cruise <laughs> running and I made a wish. And now she's mine forever. Really? Yeah. Interesting. 
romantic. <laughs> Although a little weird that you won her. Yeah. Usually you like... What was the contest? It was sponsored by the... Well, oh. Batman! <laughs> win a wife! First one who spots Tom Cruise wins! Well, my crime fighting has really uh, has prevented me from dating like a normal person. <laughs> he also had an uh, an iPod Touch that gave him information, and he could use it to open car doors. Yeah, well, he had an, it, and it would show him. Uh, he had his iPhone would show him the Earth, then zoom in on a house, and then show him inside of the house. <coughs> yeah, and inside that house, his parents. Doing it nonstop, <laughs> all the like time. jackrabbits, because they think their kid is dead. So there's nothing to stop them from doing it, because <laughs> yeah. they don't have to worry That's about their happens. kid showing up. <laughs> That's what happens after a child dies. <laughs> nonstop fuckfest. I saw Don't Look Back or Don't Look Now. Whatever <laughs> that, That's true. The movie with Donald Sutherland and Julie yeah. Christie. That's exactly what happens. Someone should someone should warn uh, his parents that they're going to get killed by a tiny, <laughs> like a dwarf in a red uh, raincoat. Yeah. Thing. Well, only if they go to Venice. Yeah. Spoilers. Beach. Spoilers. By the way. Um. This. Yeah. There's. <laughs> and uh, Peter Sarsgaard is in it. He is. Uh, um, Paul Dano. He's Viola Davis. Is Viola Davis plays doing almost nothing. Has in the, the movie. thankless role of the Carmen Sandiego chief, <laughs> yeah. who runs the spy agency and just tells ex- exposition to people, but as emotionlessly as possible. It's yeah. a good gig, you know. A gig I'm available for. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Wyatt Snack. I'm represented by UTA. Uh, more voices. Who's <laughs> <laughs> my voice? This, so, this is not this very is, different. This sort of combination is, of the two voices from before. <laughs> I only have three voices. <laughs> there's, there's voice A, voice B, and voice A dash B. <laughs> but what I give you is variety. <laughs> you don't. You don't at all. It's only three voices. How many voices can you do? I don't know. Dan, how many voices can you do? <clears throat> well, you can do I Michael Caine. I do have Michael Caine. Hold on. Hold on. So when I was making Jaws the Revenge, <laughs> the first thing I, I said when I saw the script was, this is a great script. And that was without looking at the script. <laughs> just literally when I saw the script. That, that's, that's all I can so say. So that's his Michael Caine. I did the same thing when I made <laughs> Leonard Park 6. <laughs> Oh my god, such big stars are in the studio tonight. <laughs> it's a round table of common impressions. <laughs> oh, oh, Faith and Megara, I'm just a generic Irishman of some kind. Chief O'Hara from Batman. <laughs> That's me. Oh, nothing to see here. Move along. I think, I think along with Jack's Roofies, Batman sponsored this episode. Oh. Well, I uh, I guess what we ultimately the message of Night and Day was there's not a lot to talk about when it comes to the movie Night and Day. Um, there were Uzis, there were a lot of weapons, a lot of sunglasses too. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. This was a movie that was entire. It was like basically a movie about guns and sunglasses and cars. Gun glasses and gun glasses <laughs> and sun cars <laughs> to keep the glare out of your gun's eyes. Yeah. But uh, everyone's always wearing sunglasses, putting on new pairs of sunglasses. But specifically Tom Cruise. Like, yeah. There are moments where he does something crazy, like jumps on top of a car, and there's like gunfire and a crash, and then he disappears for like five minutes, <laughs> and he comes back with new sunglasses on. He's a guy on the run who is constantly – who brought like 13 pairs of sunglasses with him. 
Well, you had to bring the essentials. And when it came to essentials, there are certain things you need. Sunglasses. You, you know you need a clean pair of underpants. You need a gun. You need a few different passports with all of your aliases. Yeah. And you need like 13 to 14 pairs of sunglasses. And a tiny figurine of a knight that you can hide a super battery in. And, oh, a, it, and a bikini you can change someone into. <laughs> yeah, that means he had a bikini on hand. Yeah. Unless we just didn't see the scene where he was shopping for it. <laughs> that would be great if she was drugged throughout like <laughs> this whole scene where he went. You're like, uh, okay, I got to measure her. <laughs> he took her in to the, the shop and the he's shopkeeper the, was like, I don't know if I feel comfortable <laughs> with He's in the her. fitting room just kind of trying to pull the bikinis yeah. on her. This doesn't fit. <laughs> uh, there, he puts her in a wheelchair and he's like, yeah, she's in a weird – like her, her brain is active, but it's a weird like. She still likes to look pretty though, so if you you know if you can help her out. <laughs> oh my wife, my wife. Oh and her my ski poor accident. brain dead wife, who loves to Women be, be shopping. Am I right? Brain, <laughs> brain dead or no? They love it. Uh, if you're brain dead and you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> please write us <laughs> for the I'm brain dead contest. Well, it wasn't a contest. It was just <laughs> to sort of get the brain dead people involved. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, he was hoping that if we stimulated them by asking them to write, then that would be a cure. Here's something the movie fooled me with: that Tom Cruise says, "We're going to do this, and I'm going to get you home in time for your do- for your sister's wedding." And I was like, "Oh, so the movie's going to end when they get back to the sister's wedding?" Yeah. Nope. <laughs> he gets her back to the wedding, and then there's a whole other act that comes after yeah. that. And I felt like. There's the story uh, when William Goldman wrote about Big Lebowski where he's like – they keep talking about this bowling competition that's coming up. And he was looking at Big Lebowski as being written like a normal screenplay. So he's like, oh, man, I can't wait till this big bowling competition. <laughs> like this is when the movie's going to tie everything together, the bowling competition. And of course there is no bowling com- <laughs> competition in Big Lebowski. Like it's the least important piece of information in the movie. And William Goldman felt taken like, what? I invested a lot in waiting for this bowling competition. So I kind of felt like that about the wedding, which passes by really fast. Yeah, it does. It it's does. not the end of the, it's not like the end beat of the movie. So you're saying that this is a brilliant comedy, like the no, I am not saying that. Oh, okay. I think that's what you said. No, didn't <laughs> and mean I'm it. Glad to hear. No, you finally have a positive <laughs> didn't say response. It. No, and not at all. <laughs> not, uh, not the truth or the thing. Another m- moment in the film that stood out for me was. Uh, uh, Crud, it. I forgot it. <laughs> I really stood out. <laughs> yeah, really. Highlight of the film. <laughs> Highlights for Oh, kids. okay, here it is. <laughs> it's going to come to you any moment now. Uh, in the end of the movie, he clears his name. Tom Cruise clears his name because he had been framed. Uh, it's never totally clear why... The other FBI agent decided to specifically frame him. Oh well, the well he knew Peter Sarsgaard, the bad agent. I think knew Tom Cruise was particularly friendly with Paul Dano, the young scientist who had invented the super battery, the so, Zephyr device. The Zephyr device. So he chose to frame him uh, because then, if Tom Cruise <laughs> escaped with Paul Dano and the battery, which he would do to keep Paul Dano safe, 
it would look like he was kidnapping him to sell him to the arms dealer. He also chose to frame him because he was the super agent <laughs> who was could cha- who it was the only anything. one who would win the day. Yeah. Yeah. And also, and the movie ends. I should mention by the way, the battery it turns out is unstable and is heating up over time. Right. Which means that just as Peter Sarsgaard is escaping with it in a helicopter, it explodes in his hands. It's called timing. Yeah. That's and every Tom good Cruise spy knows that. Has been carrying this battery around in like a little pouch in his pocket For up until days. that point. <laughs> Plastic night. Yeah. Um, but the part that stood out for me is after after he wins and he clears his name, uh, something that happened right before that was he got shot. Mm-hmm. And he had to go to the hospital. And when he wakes up, you think he's going to see Cameron Diaz. <laughs> but, As her people would pronounce it. But instead, he sees Viola Davis. <laughs> As and, her people would pronounce it. And uh, she's the... You know, the she's the black character in any of these movies, which means <laughs> she's the police chief. Black um, characters are, black actors and actors have risen to such uh heights of middle authority <laughs> in yeah. movies. They're always the middle managers. Well, especially when it comes to law enforcement. Say, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, hey, young black kids watching this, you too could be police chief one day. <laughs> you Not- don't get to go out in the field and do exciting <laughs> stuff like shoot guns. Mm-mm. No. You get to glare disapprovingly. Yeah. <laughs> get to yell at people and threaten to take their badges that's power black power and if you're lucky you'll die three days before your retirement (laughs) keep your eyes on the prize uh but he wakes up she's in the hospital and she's like congratulations your name has been cleared and then she uh says to him like well, you know, uh, we got to get you back into the office as soon as you uh, heal up, which uh, seems like, oh, wow, my name's been cleared. I get to go back to work and be an agent again. And then she leaves, and then he's sitting there staring at the ceiling, and a nurse... <laughs> For like half a day. <laughs> yeah, well, what else are you going to do Until the, the sun goes down. Watch whose line is it anyway. That's the day. It's now the night. Oh, Michael Knight. But uh, a nurse brings him a little shot of something. Just a jigger of medicine. Yeah. He drinks it, and he's like, what's going on? And he's (laughs) about to black out. And the nurse is Cameron Diaz. (laughs) And she's like, I'm here to save you. I know you don't want to go back to that job that you really like. That you're great at. That you were probably trying to clear your name so you could go back to... I'm going to kidnap you, and you're going to live with me sexy misery style. <laughs> See, this is another voice you can do. You can do Cameron Diaz. That's true. It's a great Cameron Diaz impression. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> For the next Shrek film, they can just go wide. <laughs> yeah. Instead. Shrek the Ninth. Yep. <laughs> For Shrek babies. <laughs> <laughs> little Shrekin'. <laughs> oh, I'm a little ugly troll man. <laughs> no, not, not, to do the voice, not to do the voice of Shrek. No, to do the... <laughs> You can do all the voices. You can do all the voices, Elliot. That's the I thing. think what it is is that why he needs to do a one-man show of Shrek. <laughs> I'm a donkey. <laughs> and I am Puss and Boots. <laughs> the characters just state who they are. That's the whole show. And this is Shrek. <laughs> and scene. Tony Awards. So Cameron Diaz kidnaps him and takes him away from the thing he wanted. Presumably. there's. It was... It's a movie where people make a lot of assumptions. And yes. There's there's a certain arrogance to their assumptions. Of like, <laughs> Here's the best place to hide a battery. 
in a statue that is my name. <laughs> and then, oh, you know what? This guy that I've spent like a week and a half getting to know, he must be crazy about me. Crazier than he was about his <laughs> high-paying job. That he's been doing for 20 years. Yeah, that yeah. allows him to give his pension to his family. Not pension, just sweepstakes winnings. It's his pension in the form of sweepstakes winnings. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, there's also like a lot, like a, a weird number of uh, things that happen in this life or death, like gunplay, like spy game. A lot of the things that happen are motivated by people's hurt feelings. Yes. Like, there's a scene early on where like, uh, Tom Cruise gets really hurt that uh, um, that that Cameron Diaz would be at all um, interested in going away from him. You know, like this crazy person who has kidnapped him, and then like he's like slamming the trunk on his car, and then like Cameron Diaz then feels sad that she's made Tom Cruise she this crazy bad. person who kidnapped him like feel bad, and so then she goes along with him. I'm like, really. Really, that's you know. Like, oh, I'm gonna keep going with my kidnapper because I insulted him. And I later, guess. Cameron Diaz turns Tom Cruise in because she overhears, she follows him <coughs> and sees him at a rendezvous with a woman and overhears him saying, "Oh, that that woman's nothing. She's a nobody," and that hurts her feelings. Yeah. Like it's not very. She doesn't good. think like, "Oh, maybe I'm being protected by him." Yeah. No, she goes to prove that she's not a nobody. She's a stoolie. <laughs> she goes, "I'll show him. She's a snitch. I'll rat him out." Yeah. I'm not She'll a, get stitches for it. I will yeah, mention also presumably. that uh, Tom Cruise's name is cleared the same way that they clear Tango and Cash's name and Tango and Cash, which is by blowing up the bad guy and the evidence. Well, and also there's he has a private island, and there's a plane that is shooting out his private island. Yeah. It's a tiny island. And then he gets in a helicopter, and he drugs Cameron Diaz before... Uh, they fly off the island, so then she blacks out, as do we. <laughs> and then when we wake up, we're all in a hotel. And what I love about that, and why I love this movie, is I don't need to see the crazy CGI fight between a plane that has super guns and a little whirly bird. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see how he got off the island. Nope. No. What I want to see is... What kind of thread count is on those sheets? You want to see Cameron Diaz taking a bath and setting up the glasses for the champagne she's going to have with Tom Cruise later. Yeah, although actually I think after she blacked out this time she woke up on a train. Oh, maybe that was it. In which case you get to see her dramatically order breakfast in the dining car. Yes, which you might think, again, okay, this movie seems to be promoting the roofie lifestyle, but waking up on a train... That like I'm sure there's a lot of roofie action where you do wake up on a train, but it's like a subway train. This is a classy train. This is the Orient Express. It's the one that goes to Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah. Wow. This is oh, Yeah. You didn't notice in the background <laughs> Rupert Grint walked by. <laughs> Gave a wink. Yeah. Uh the uh wizard. There's a lot of scenes that get gapped out of Tom Cruise. Checking into a hotel room with a with a sleeping woman on his shoulder, or bringing her onto a train, you just have to assume that they exist in a world where it's commonplace for a man to drag a woman around. It's a caveman world where everybody <laughs> date rapes. There should be it should be a, a crawl meeting that says it is the year twenty one twenty five. Date rape has been legalized, and now your film night and day. All right, night well, and date rape. <laughs> 
Oh, Mr. Miller, I see you got a, you got another lady with you. Slipped her roofie, as we all do in the future, where it's legal and accepted. That doesn't look like your wife, Mr. Miller. It's not, thanks to Jack's roofies. <laughs> Okay. Should we give our final? Yeah, no, we've let this run a little long, uh, which is good. But uh, well, we it should... gives everyone time to finish the contest. Yeah, we should, but we should wrap this up, uh, and we wrap it up with final judgments, uh, where we say whether well, this was a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie that we actually kind of liked. And Elliot, I'm going to let you start off. I'm of go- those three. What, what I'm going to surprise the listening public mm-hmm. by saying this was a movie I actually kind of liked a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty stupid and not particularly good, but it like some of the action scenes are kind of fun, and there are a few jokes that are okay. And overall, it's just kind of a light, dumb adventure movie. Yeah, as opposed to what we usually watch, which is <laughs> torture. So, no, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say I kind of liked it. I, I think if I think maybe. If Cameron Diaz wasn't in the role, it might have been a little bit better. I don't know. I think, I think it had the was... it had the potential to be a very good movie if it had been cast differently and kind of written and shot a little differently. But the con- yeah. the concept twenty of- minutes were cut and it went through another screenplay pass. Maybe yeah. Surprisingly, the concept of an ordinary person caught up in spy hijinks is not a bad concept for a movie. Spy jinx. Spy jinx, if you will. <laughs> I copyright. I'm working on the script. Spy jinx. <laughs> Why? What do you say? What do you? I would say that this movie was Murph Goldman's Citizen Kane. <laughs> Murph? Is that his first name? I don't remember. And his name, last name was Mangold. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure Murph Goldman, whoever he is, is very happy to hear that. And I'm sure he'll, he'll cast you in his next film. If Murph Goldman is listening, if we have a listener named Murph Goldman, please write in. You will win one of our vague contests. Yeah. A Murph Goldman. <laughs> the Irish Jewishman. <laughs> Jewishman. That's right. <coughs> okay. It's your old pal, Murph Goldman. <laughs> so, uh, so you liked it. I plan to make you guys watch it again. <laughs> nope. Right now. Nope. Yeah. It's still on the TV. <laughs> and if you want to come watch it with us... Come on down right now. <laughs> Join us in the Screenatron 8000, where we screen all these movies. It's all been catered by Jack's Roofies <laughs> and Svetka Vodka. <laughs> the only vodka that robots drink. <laughs> because robots can't get roofied. <laughs> uh, okay. Svetka Vodka. Uh, if you guys receive a bottle of Svedka vodka, we, then, or some sort of sponsorship, or roofies, <laughs> yeah, by either Jack's we receive roofies, roofies, we won't know it. <laughs> if you receive a sponsorship by either Jack's roofies or Svedka vodka, I uh, I expect a, a to be invited back, thanked on air. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you quit. You never know. New contest. If you work for Svetka Vodka. <laughs> and, Send us vodka. And perhaps you work in marketing and are looking for something to brand your vodka or you, the other way around. You know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> if, you're, if you know the, if you're personal friends with that robot that has a woman's face and a weirdly human butt in the commercials, 
That was Cinder the sexy guy robot. Yeah, it's weird. I will say one thing I did like about got a thing for robots. Night and Day was actually a lot of Tom Cruise's performance. No, he was say, actually really good because he seemed like he was playing a, a kind of cartoony version of Tom Cruise. Yeah. So, which was nice. He was not playing a – it wasn't like Tropic Thunder where everyone was like, oh, Tom Cruise is amazing. And it was like, this is not a good performance. This is a really stupid – Yeah, no, he, was, he was doing a joke version of his persona and that yeah. was kind of fun. I thought he was kind of like the Tom Cruise in Magnolia because he was very yeah. positive about everything. I mean the Tom Cruise in Magnolia was a horrible person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was, so is a guy who has a body count of over 58 people in one movie. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I counted. How's he sleep at night? With all those bodies, there are ghosts that are. <laughs> he roofies himself. <laughs> yeah, and that's the only way you can. And then he takes a sip, and then he goes, "Down I go," <laughs> and then falls asleep. <laughs> that would be great in a spy movie if you see the spy like, uh, you see a lot of death in this line of work. <laughs> that's why I drink. That doesn't look like whiskey. It's roofies. <laughs> it's how Liquid I fall asleep. <laughs> if I'm gonna get any sleep tonight, it's by roofing myself. So uh, don't touch my butt. Glug, glug, glug. <laughs> Who is he talking to? <laughs> Whoever he's on the run with. <laughs> he's like... Touch Jake. anything you want. Just stay away from the exit door. <laughs> exit through the gift shop, if you know what I mean. <laughs> stay away from a Banksy. <laughs> okay. So very quickly... What are we doing now? Our final segment. Just uh, uh, if there's a movie that we've seen recently that we would recommend... Uh, although we all kind of liked this film, but I don't think we would say like run out and I watch it. I wouldn't recommend it, but I if like it was on uh, TV. Maybe yeah, you if you're sick and it's on TV, and whose line is anyway is a rerun, <laughs> sure. then I would say Night and Day is a fine way to spend an hour and fifty minutes yeah, while you're prying that that act, that army man from your ear. Um, night and day. <laughs> but uh, no, if there's a movie that we saw recently that we really actually wanted to recommend straight up. This is the time for recommendations. Elliot, do you have one? I do. I'll try to keep it quick. This is a movie I saw – actually just finished watching yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's a Japanese movie from 1959 called uh, Tokaido Yatsuya Kaidan or The Yatsuya Ghost or The Ghost of Yatsuya or something like that. And it's um, a really good ghost revenge movie. I didn't know while I was watching it, but it's apparently – an adaptation of the most famous ghost revenge story in Japanese drama. There have been about 30 different movies of it. This is the one from 1959, though, and there's a lot of good, like, it's in color, and it's this really nice, like, vivid color. There's a lot of good, like, spooky moments in it. The ghost is very ghosty, but there's a lot of blood for a movie from 1959, and uh, it's just a good samurai ghost movie, you know? So if you're looking for one of those... If you're Check looking for a samurai ghost movie, and I don't know why you wouldn't be, no. then the 1959 version of Tokaido Yatsuya Kaidan is one I recommend. Um, I haven't seen a lot recently, but I watched uh, the movie The Last Exorcism, which I enjoyed a fair amount. Uh, it kind of falls apart a little bit at the end, uh, but there have been like a, a spate of sort of um, fake documentary horror movies. Yeah, too many. And uh, but a lot of them lean on the whole sort of like found footage thing, which you know works well. I feel like the beginning of the movie it doesn't make that much sense as the movie continues. Uh, That's this... what I felt when I was watching the Bear Wench Project. <laughs> sure, <laughs> but this this movie's about uh, this movie's like more of a traditional uh, documentary style. It's not being sold as a found footage. It's like this this guy who uh, is an exorcist who has lost his faith and wants to expose 
exorcism, you know, for, as a scam. And, like, these are, like, sick children who need help. And so he really wants these people to come along and be filming him. And uh, But then he encounters, obviously, something that uh, cannot be explained uh, in his cynical worldview. Mm. An actual, some sort of actual demon possession. And it was pretty good for most of it. I liked it. Teen witch. <laughs> teen witch. Teen witch. It's a teenage sandwich. <laughs> it's a sandwich made of teenagers. It's like human centipede, but for teenagers. Disney made it. Demi Lovato's in it. <laughs> a German scientist going, I'm going to make you into a teen witch. They and so- he just means just having them lie down between pieces of bread. Yeah. <laughs> Zach Efron, you are going to be the meat of my teen witch. Oh, no. And Raven Simone, you're the pickle. <laughs> um, so, teen witch. Teen witch. Uh, other than that, uh, you were talking about found footage. Uh, I will. Uh, I, a movie that I like that's kind of a found footage movie, um, but it's not a, it's not a horror movie. Um, and I'm biased because they are co workers. But it's also a very good movie. It's Cooper's Camera that uh, Jason Jones co-wrote and Jason and Samantha B star in it. And it's uh, it's kind of like a found footage National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Hmm. Um, and I, 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 really, uh, I really liked it. It's, uh, it takes place in uh, the n- near distant past. Uh, when, so, like, what medieval times? Eighteenth <laughs> like, century. Let's go the eighties. Um, but uh, for Christmas, uh, family gets a video camera, and then we kind of follow the story through the eyes of the video camera that's being uh, used by the kid in the family. Um, and I, I thought it was very well done. It was a, a lot of. A, a lot of fun. Um, Dave Foley, mm-hmm. news radios. Dave Foley, and kids in the sure. hall, kids in the hall, celebrity poker. Uh-huh. Yes, um, he's in it and very funny. Uh, like I said, Jason, uh, Sam, both great. Sam was pregnant at the time, so technically their baby Fletcher was mm-hmm. also in this movie, although he's uncredited. Probably breaking a lot of child labor laws. Definitely, <laughs> definitely a lot of child labor laws being yeah. broken. Um, yeah, Mike Beaver is who co-wrote it with Jason. It's I haven't seen funny. that one. I saw another movie that Jason and, and Mike Beaver made called Ham and Cheese that I like. Okay. Where they're two struggling that. actors. Okay. But, it's about uh, a teen witch. It's about <laughs> – <laughs> there's, there's a scene in it where uh, Jason's character has one line in a cop TV show where he's supposed to pick up a phone and say, it's for you, and hand it to the to the lead detective. And he so irritates the other people on set that they rewrite it so it's just the lead detective picking up the phone herself. <laughs> but uh, I'll have to check that one out. Yeah, check it out. Cooper's but Camera, it's called? Cooper's Camera. But uh, it's also known as Cooper's Christmas in America. I think in Canada – because they don't celebrate Christmas. Yeah. They call it Cooper's Camera. Um, Cooper's Boxing Day. Yeah. <laughs> Observed. But uh, but check it out. But if you're in the but if you're but if you're more interested in art house type movies, Teen Witch. <laughs> you're saying it as if it's a horror movie. No. Teen Witch is not a horror movie. Teen Witch. <laughs> Teen Witch. <laughs> now you're saying it as if it's a Metallica song. <laughs> Yeah. Well, this is this is the, the this is the demo tape portion of his uh, <laughs> yeah. audition. 
Perhaps if you're a death metal band and you're looking for an opening act, <laughs> I do a Bobby McFerrin like <laughs> death metal show. It's called. It's called Don't Worry, Be Scary. <laughs> it seems like worry. Be... <laughs> but don't scary be happy doesn't make any sense. No, but worry, uh, worry, be happy, don't. Yeah. No. So if you're interested in the acapella metal genre, <laughs> metal pella. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming and being a guest tonight. Thank you're welcome. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was my pleasure. You're welcome, Elliot. Thank you. <laughs> uh, and Wyatt, thank you, sir, for coming. No, thank you. Let's start watching night and day. No. Okay. <laughs> well, let's sign off and do that. I've been Dan McCoy. I am Elliot Kalen still. And you don't know who I am. <laughs> no, I don't. Yes. Okay. Win the contest. Win the contest. You get a free Zagnut bar. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. I don't know why I turned into a cat halfway through no, this. I don't know the rest of the words. <laughs> oh, Look. God. That's what, like, Stuart and I always do. It's like, for some reason, they're always trying to just meow. Yeah, it's easier. Cats are the world's best singers. And best songwriters.